Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 114 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today we're going to have part three of a three-part episode where we rank the 19 Ranger playoff series wins since 1994. We start at 19, we count all the way down to number one. Today, we're going to be finishing up the list with numbers six through one, the six through one best New York Ranger playoff series wins since 1994. And if you happen to miss either part one or part two of this countdown, I would definitely recommend that you go back and check those out first. You can start with episode number 111. We did 19 through 13 in that episode. And then in episode number 113, we did numbers 12 through 7. And today, like I said, we're going to finish up the list with numbers 6 through 1. So this is the cream of the crop here. This is when it gets really good. These are playoff series that are borderline unforgettable, in some cases completely unforgettable. And yeah, just just the absolute best stuff that the Rangers have had to offer over the last 26 years when it comes to their performance in the postseason. So let's go ahead, not waste any time, jump right back into the list here with number six. And number six comes to us from 2012, the top-seeded Rangers beating the seven-seeded Capitals 4-3 Four to three in the second round of the postseason, and again, you know, whenever you hear Rangers Capitals, first of all, you know it was a great series. Secondly, you'd be forgiven if you're not sure exactly which series this was, just because they've met so many times in the playoffs over the years. But for anyone who needs a little bit of a refresher, this is 2012, like I said, and. This is round two, and the Rangers got a little bit of retribution from the season prior because the last season before this, the Rangers were the last team in the playoffs. They were the eight seed, and they lost to the Capitals, the top-seeded Capitals, in five games in the first round. But this time, they turned the tables. And once again, we've seen this uh, a couple of times in this list. This was another series where the teams just alternated victories. The Rangers won every odd-numbered game in this series. The Capitals won every even-numbered game in this series. And this was just an extraordinarily competitive series, even by Ranger Capitals standards. Games 2 through 7 were all decided by just one goal. Uh, Two of the games went into overtime, including one that went into triple overtime. No team in any game in this series. And for all the firepower that both teams had offensively at this time, neither team scored more than three goals in any game in this series. And I think that says a lot about... First of all, just the competitive nature of the playoffs. Everything is much more contested. You get more shot blocks. It's just a more defensive game overall. And you got to take your hat off to both goalies, Henrik Lundqvist, Brayden Holpe, both of them on top of their game throughout this series. And like I said, just a, a very intense series. And the Rangers coming away with yet another seven-game series win in this playoff uh, year because in round one, this is the same season that the Rangers beat the Senators in seven games. And then once again here against the Capitals, it goes seven games again. And the Rangers find a way to get it done in Madison Square Garden to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. We definitely have to talk about Game 3 of this series, a triple overtime thriller. Marion Gabrick scoring the game-winning goal late in the third overtime to give the Rangers a 2-1 win and a 2-1 series lead. 
Ryan Callahan scored all the way back in the second period, and John Carlson scored for the Capitals to tie it just a few minutes later. But, I mean, again, just another goaltending clinic both ways. Braden Holpe makes 47 saves on 49 shots, and Henrik Lundqvist makes 45 saves on 46 shots. Uh, just an absolute grinded-out, tough win for the Rangers, and they get the win on the road to once again take a 2-1 to series lead, a pivotal moment in that series. The Capitals bounce back to tie the series. They get a late goal in Game 4 from Mike Green to claim a 3-2 win, a power play goal. But then Game 5, I mean, this was this was huge for the Rangers. They are down by a goal late in the third period. They get a power play, and Brad Richards scores with just 8 seconds remaining. Ryan Callahan with the assist, Michael Delzato with the secondary assist. And then the penalty was actually a double minor. It carries over into the overtime period, and Mark Stahl scores off of a faceoff win to give the Rangers just an improbable and thrilling 3-2 win. They take a 3-2 series lead as well. Just, again, a, a huge moment in that series. The Rangers winning twice in overtime in this series, and that proved to be the difference. The Capitals bounce back with a 2-1 win in Game 6 to force it back to the Garden for Game 7. And then the Rangers get goals from Brad Richards and Michael Delzato to take a 2-0 lead about midway through the third period there. But then Roman Hammerlick scores to cut it to 2-1, and the Rangers hang on to defeat the Capitals in seven games. I can remember being at a New York Ranger-themed bar in New York City when this happened, and that's just so much fun when you've got a bar that's devoted you know, entirely to one team and everybody's glued to the TV. It's not like one of those parties you're at where nobody's you know, really paying attention to the game. Uh, people are, are, are hanging on every moment, and then it ends, and you know everybody's cheering, everybody's just jumping on each other. It's, it's just a great time. I remember being there with a bunch of my friends. We had an absolute blast that night. And just like that, Rangers on to the Eastern Conference Finals. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Number five, which comes to us from 2015, the Rangers defeating the Capitals four games to three in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs that season. So yes, another Rangers-Capitals matchup, another seven-game series, and an epic comeback by the Rangers, rallying out of a 3-1 to series hole the second time they had accomplished that feat in two years. Again, the only team in NHL history to come out of a 3-1 to series deficit in back-to-back -back seasons, and... What makes this so crazy is just how close the Rangers came to being eliminated in just five games here. Now, they won game one of this series, but they lost three in a row after that. And then it's game five at the Garden. They're down one nothing late in this game, but Chris Kreider scores with just 141 remaining. And I talked about this in our greatest uh, Rangers overtime goals in the playoffs list that we did a while back. But Henrik Lundqvist was in the process of being pulled out of that game, you know, to get the extra skater on the ice with 141 remaining. He's skating toward the bench, and as he's skating, Chris Kreider scores, and Lundqvist, without breaking stride, just puts both of his arms into the air, and then just turns around and goes back to the net, because at that point, obviously the game's tied. He's going to be needed uh, going forward in the third period, and then also in overtime. 
Ryan McDonough scoring, 9.37 into overtime, gives the Rangers the win, Garden goes crazy, everybody goes crazy, and the Rangers' season is alive, they survive in overtime with their season on the line, and as a Ranger fan, you're absolutely thrilled about this for about five minutes, maybe ten minutes if you're lucky, and then you realize, oh right, we're still down three games to two, and we still have to beat this excellent Washington Capitals team two more times if we're to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, obviously, a very intense Game 5 here, some some really uh, nail-biting moments, but they prolong their season, and they send it back to Washington for Game 6. Game 6 was absolutely crazy. Uh, Chris Kreider gets the Rangers off to a really nice start. He scores 40 seconds into the game, gives them a 1-0 lead, and then the Rangers, with basically no time left in the first period, they win an offensive zone draw, and Chris Kreider shoots and gets the puck across the goal line with less than a second remaining. A power play goal, the Rangers go up 2-0. The Capitals make it 2-1 in the second period. We go to the third period. The Rangers get goals in the first five minutes from Rick Nash and Dan Boyle, so they're up. 4-1 at this point, but then the Capitals get back into it. Evgeny Kuznetsov scores 740 into the third. Joel Ward scores 1033 into the third. So just like that, it's 4-3. to three. Some really anxious moments down the stretch in this game. There was a, a stretch here where, I, I swear, the Capitals had the puck for about three consecutive minutes in the Rangers zone. The Rangers could not get the puck away from them, could not get a play stoppage. They were just absolutely buzzing. I'll never know how Lundqvist and company managed to keep the puck out of the net here. It, it seemed like it was just a matter of time until the Capitals were about to score here. But somehow, some way, the Rangers hang on. They bend but don't break. That's a, a game that I might watch again. You know, it, it doesn't get the attention as a lot of other uh, Ranger playoff wins in this era, but just... Remembering just how crazy it was down the stretch here with the Rangers trying to hang on to this one goal lead, it's something that might be worth checking out. And, you know, a great win here for the Rangers. They sent it back to the Garden for Game 7. Alex Ovechkin guarantees a win in Game 7. It doesn't quite work out for the Capitals' captain because the Rangers win in overtime 2-1. to one. Again, just another wild seesaw classic Rangers-Capitals game. Ovechkin did score to open the scoring in this game. He tallies about midway through the first period, but then the Rangers strike back. Kevin Hayes, a little tipping goal on a pass from JT Miller. Ties the game at 1-6-22 into the second period, and then it goes into overtime, and Derek Stepan wins a faceoff. Keith Yandel passes to Dan Girardi. Girardi shoots the save is made, but Derek Stepan stuffs it home and gives the Rangers a Game 7 win. Just an absolute thriller. And Ranger fans can all breathe again when that one ends, and we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately, we know that the Rangers that year lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven rounds in the Eastern Conference Finals, but take nothing away from what the Rangers accomplished in this series. Again, down three games to one, just an absolute thriller, just classic Rangers capitals. For number four, we're going to jump back to 2014, the last time the Rangers made the Stanley Cup Finals, and this is the series that put them there. The Rangers defeating the Canadians four games to two in the Eastern Conference Finals, and by this time, you know, the Rangers had really just caught a wave of momentum. They had come out of a 3-1 to series deficit against the Penguins the round before this. More on that in just a second, but they come out out of the blocks, just completely on fire. They dominate the Canadians 7-2 to in Game 1 in Montreal. And I can remember, I didn't get to watch this game live. My wife and I, I, I don't really remember what we were doing, but we were we were out and about, and we stopped at a deli for lunch, and I looked up, and the score was like 6-1 to Rangers at that time. And I never think that a game is over. I never think that, a, especially in the playoffs, a game is over. But it was in the third period at that point, and I, was just, I just kind of said to her, like, yeah, I think we got this one. And indeed, the Rangers did. They just completely dominate. 
They also win game two by a score of three to one. And keep in mind, the Canadians have home ice advantage in this series. So both those wins come in Montreal, a notoriously difficult place to play, a, a place where Lundqvist has had his challenges over the years. But again, you know, the Rangers, they were just on fire at this time. They win both of the first two games in Montreal. They lose game three in overtime, three to two after tying it relatively late. Chris Kreider, in fact, tied that game with just 29 seconds remaining to send it into overtime. Rangers have a chance to go up three games to none, but unfortunately, Alex Galchenyuk scores a minute and 12 seconds into overtime to get the Canadians back into the series, makes the series score two games to one in favor of the Rangers. But then game four once again goes into overtime. So big game here. Either you're going up three games to one and you've got, you know, the series by the throat, basically, or it's two to two and, and, you know, it's anybody's game at that point. But the Rangers in overtime, uh, just great work on this play by Marty St. Louis, Brad Richards, and Carl Hagelin. They all worked very, very hard on this play to keep the Canadians from clearing the zone. And eventually, Hagelin works the puck in deep to Marty St. Louis. He's got kind of a sharp angle, but he's all alone, and he just roofs his shot, and he scores, and he gives the Rangers the win three games to one. The Canadians bounce back to claim game five at home. They win seven to four, kind of a wild game. They were up four to one in that. The Rangers came back and tied it, and then the Canadians ran away with it again. But then game six, uh, the Rangers win this one one to nothing. The only goal of the game scored by Dominic Moore. And, you know, again, this was just such a storybook season for the Rangers because, you know, obviously we had the thing the round prior, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute. But Marty St. Louis lost his mom when the Rangers were down three games to one against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, the Rangers just kind of rallied around him, had that epic three games to one comeback where they take down the Penguins to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then Dominic Moore had uh, lost his wife to cancer. And it, this was his first season back in the league. He took an entire year off away from hockey. And here he is scoring the game winning goal, the only goal of the game in game six to clinch the game, clinch the series and punch the Rangers ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals. Once again, their only trip to the Stanley Cup Finals since breaking the curse in 1994. And I remember when this game ended, man, I, I was just so happy and just thrilled. And I think my wife still has a picture of this in her phone, but there's a picture of me just staring at the TV and, and just holding my head. Like, I just could not believe that, like, the Rangers were going back to the finals. You know, it had been 20 years. You go through all these years, you know, there's some close calls every, every now and again. You know, 97, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, 2012, they had gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. You had a stretch of eight years there where they didn't make the playoffs at all. So, you know, a lot of ups and downs, but mostly downs throughout that stretch. And then here they are. They're finally going back to the Stanley Cup Finals and to do it in such dramatic fashion, you know, taking down the Penguins, taking down the Canadians, uh, just just great stuff all around. Just could not believe they were going back to the Finals. Unfortunately, they didn't get the result against the Kings, but it, it's a run that I think if you're a Ranger fan, you'll always look back on. You'll always think of fondly. You'll always appreciate it. You'll always appreciate what that team did. And it was a team that, you know, I don't think a lot of people took very seriously throughout that whole run to the playoffs. I know I heard quite a bit from Penguins fans when that series went 3-1, to one, but we got the last laugh there with the Rangers storming back and winning that series. And speaking of which, great transition right there. Let's jump into number three on the ranking, and that is going to be the round prior to this series against the Canadians. It is going to be the 2014 second round of the playoffs, beating the Penguins four games to three to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. And you might hear that and think like, well, how can the round against the Penguins rank higher than the round against the Canadians? Since the Canadian, it was the same year, first of all, and the Canadians was the Eastern Conference Finals and the Penguins series was just round two. But hear me out. So 
First of all, take the opponent into consideration. And I, I know that, you know, Rangers and Canadians, both original six teams, there's some history there and all that, but I didn't really live through a whole lot of that. And to me, I, I don't really look at Rangers-Canadians as this, you know, bitter, heated rivalry. I look at Rangers-Penguins as the bitter, heated rivalry because for so many years, the Rangers had lost to the Penguins in the playoffs. They were always kind of like the little brother looking up at the Penguins. The Penguins obviously have two superstars, Crosby and Malkin. The Penguins had won the cup before this, and I was just so sick and tired of seeing the Rangers lose to the Penguins. So you've got that going for this series, and also just the fact that the Rangers were down three games to one, and they came out of a three to one series deficit. That gets major points with me because you got your back against the wall for three consecutive games, and yet you find a way to get it done. You find a way to take down this team that has been just a complete thorn in your side for all these years, a team that the Rangers never beat. They never beat the Penguins, and and they came out of a three to one series deficit to do exactly that in this series. It was just a cathartic win. The last four times the Rangers had met the Penguins in the playoffs, they had lost to them. And I, I, I do remember going into this series and thinking that, you know, the Penguins, I don't think they're as good as they usually are. I thought they were vulnerable this season because, you know, of course they have Crosby and Malkin, but I didn't think they had a lot of depth beyond those two. And even Crosby and Malkin, I don't think we're firing on all cylinders the way that certainly we're, we're used to seeing them fire on all cylinders, at least not during that portion of the postseason. I, I really didn't think that they were quite at the top of their game. Obviously, they're still dangerous. It's still Crosby and Malkin. But yeah, you know, I I just didn't think that that they truly had their A game at that point. And then you look at the goaltender situation. You've got Henrik Lundqvist in his prime. I mean, he was phenomenal the series before this against the Flyers. And the Penguins have Marc-Andre Fleury, who is a great goaltender. You know, obviously, he's won a Stanley Cup. He's had some big moments in the playoffs, but he can get rattled, man. You know, we've seen examples of that, certainly when he was with the Penguins, where he just uh, doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing out there. You know, he's one of those goalies with an extremely high ceiling, but also a very low floor. It's one of those things where you can you can rattle him a little bit, and you can get him off his game. So I love the goaltender matchup for the Rangers, and I really thought this was the Rangers' year. And in Game 1... We had that crazy sequence where Derek Broussard scored. The referee did not think that the puck went into the net, so the play continued, and then Benoit Pouliot scored. They reviewed it. Broussard rightfully got credited with the goal, but the Rangers go up 1-0 after stealing. Game 1 in Pittsburgh. Rangers get shut out in back-to-back games after that. They lose 3-0. They lose 2-0. And then Game 4, I don't think I've ever been as upset after a Ranger playoff loss as I was here just because they, they lost the game 4-2 to two at the Garden, and they just came out flat. They just had no jump in their game, a game that you absolutely must have. You're down two games to one. You got a chance to even this series, go back to Pittsburgh, tied 2-2, two to two, and they just had no energy. And the Penguins, like I said, you know, they won 4-2, to two, so they score four goals. Every one of those goals was a result of the Rangers just giving it away to them, just either turning the puck over or just not competing hard enough for the puck. And it looked like they were done. You know, if you start thinking as a Ranger fan, like, are they just snake bit against the Penguins? Are the Penguins just going to have their number forever? And then you go back to Pittsburgh for game five. The Rangers are down three games to one. And Chris Kreider, his name's coming up a lot here, Kreider in the playoffs. Chris Kreider opens up the scoring, gives the Rangers a much-needed jolt. The power play had just been completely anemic to this point, but... Kreider scores on the man advantage, gives the Rangers a 1-0 lead. Derek Broussard scores later in the second period to make it 2-0. Evgeny Malkin gets a goal for the Penguins in the second period to make it 2-1. But then the Rangers close out strong. They get goals from Broussard, McDonough, and Kevin Klein, And they go on to a 5-1 win. Uh, thoroughly convincing victory against the Penguins here. And then it's back to the Garden for Game 6. 
Game six is on Mother's Day, and as we talked about, you know, Marty St. Louis lost his mom when the Rangers were down three games to one in this series. And, you know, we talk about, you know, we make fun of Sidney Crosby a little bit on this podcast. I mean, I I don't think Ranger fans, I don't think too many Ranger fans have him at or near the list of their favorite players in the NHL. But looking for clips, you know, from this series, I I did see something from NHL where, you know, it was just kind of caught on camera uh, from a distance. Uh, Sidney Crosby goes up to Marty St. Louis before game five, and he just kind of consoles him. And, you know, you, you could tell, you know, that St. Louis appreciated it. So a really nice moment by Sidney Crosby there. As, as much as we rip on Crosby, you know, you do have to kind of tip your cap there when you see something like that. But, uh, yeah, game six, you know, Marty St. Louis, the storybook season continues. Uh, he scores 334 into the first period to give the Rangers a lead. The Rangers also get a goal from Carl Hagelin to go up two to nothing. Brandon Suter scores for the Penguins to make it 2-1, but then Derek Broussard, 15-30 into the second period, makes it 3-1, and that was it. That was it for the scoring. The Rangers win it 3-1, and I remember seeing interviews after this game on both the Rangers and Penguins' sides and just thinking, like, man, we're going to go in there and we're going to win. We're going to win in Pittsburgh. Like, like I really felt confident just watching these interviews uh, that the Rangers, they just kind of had it. You know, they, they had all the momentum at that point, and it, the Penguins, to me, watching them be interviewed after this game, they looked like they had been hit by a train, and they didn't know what they were going to do about it. And then, of course, Game 7, the Rangers get an early goal from Brian Boyle. It's Derek Dorsett to Dominic Moore to Brian Boyle. So the Rangers get a goal from their fourth line, just 525 into the action, and a beautiful goal. If you haven't seen this one in a while, go back and look at it. Nice tic-tac-toe goal, really nice puck movement kind of going in there on the rush. Uh, the Penguins tie the game in the second period, a goal by UC Jokinen. But then the Rangers score on the power play. Brad Richards just complete scramble in front of the net. And Richards puts it home to give the Rangers a 2-1 to lead. And then the third period, my God, it just looked like a 20-minute power play for the Penguins. But somehow the Rangers keep it out. Henrik Lundqvist is an absolute cheat code in this game. He stops 35 of 36 shots. And when this one ends, man, you, you just kind of collapse on the couch and you, you just enjoy it because uh, it was scary. You know, it was definitely a, a scary Game 7, but the Rangers find a way to hang on, get the job done, get the win, and they're off to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I, I was just delirious after this one ended, man. Just so excited, so happy that they had finally taken down the Penguins. And not only that, but they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So just an awesome series win, one that I'll never forget. Moving all the way up to number two, and if you haven't figured this out yet, uh, a little bit of a spoiler here, but number two and number one both come to us from 1994. It really couldn't go any other way because that was obviously the season where the Rangers broke the curse, won the Stanley Cup, and obviously the Eastern Conference Finals against the Devils and the Stanley Cup Finals against the Canucks both go seven games, both absolute thrillers, and both just the biggest thing that the Rangers have done in the last 54 years is winning these two series here. The only challenge was which is number two and which is number one. And I thought about this, but number two is going to have to be Rangers and Devils in the Eastern Conference Finals just because the journey was not yet complete. So while you can say that maybe that was a more epic playoff series, I mean, they were both fantastic. They both went seven games. They both came right down to the wire. But when you consider that the Eastern Conference Finals against the Devils, even though the Rangers won and did so in just spectacular fashion, the journey was not complete at that point. And if the Rangers had beaten the Devils, but then lost to the Canucks, like imagine if the Rangers had lost Game 7 to the Canucks, and I hate to even say that and do that to you guys, but would we look back as fondly at the Matteau moment as we do if the Rangers had then lost in the Stanley Cup Finals to a 7 seed, no less? I don't think we would have. I mean, it would obviously still be a thrilling moment and a great playoff win against your rival. Hey, if nothing else, the Rangers still would have prevented the Devils from going to the Stanley Cup Finals and potentially winning it. But I don't think that moment would hold the same weight that it does now. And so that's why I got to put Rangers-Devils at number two on this list. We'll save Rangers-Canucks for number one. 
And I've talked a lot about the 1994 Stanley Cup winning team for the Rangers. I've talked a lot about this series as well. So I'm going to try to look at it from a couple different angles, maybe mention some things that I missed before. Uh, first of all, it just kind of blows my mind how much drama there was behind the scenes with the Rangers at this time, because as we talked about watching some of those documentaries about the 1994 Rangers in some previous episodes, the Rangers were up two games to one, but Mike Keenan didn't like how they started game four. He benches Brian Leach, he benches Mark Messier for big chunks of the game, pulls Mike Richter, and it's one of those things, like, he did all that in the first period, like, and I, I've talked about this before, but there's a time and a place to send a message to your team. If you want to bench Leach in a regular season game or bench Messier in a regular season game or pull Mike Richter in a regular season game, then go ahead. Do what you got to do. Keenan, you know, he's a tough guy. He's, he's going to be tough on his players. And if he thinks a regular season matchup is the right time to send a message by benching a few of his guys, then so be it. But you don't do this in the Easter Conference Finals against the New Jersey Devils in a series where, I mean, clearly it's going to be tight. You know, it's going to be down to the wire. These teams are both incredibly evenly matched. And yeah, I mean, I, I just think that was the worst time to do it. Uh, and you just don't see this at all, really. I mean, imagine being a team in the Eastern Conference Finals that is up two games to one, and you've got all this drama behind the scenes. But despite all that, you know, we get the guarantee from Messier. The Rangers fall behind three games to two, and they come back and win it. And, you know, obviously, Matt Toe in double overtime, the Rangers get the job done. And, you know, again, I've talked about this series so much in some prior episodes. If you missed that, go ahead and look back at some of those episodes where we talk about some of the Ranger documentaries on the 1994 Stanley Cup winning championship team. I don't even really know what else to say at this point. It was just an absolutely fantastic series. Both these teams just beat the tar out of each other in this series. Very physical. Uh, a lot of fisticuffs, and the double overtime in Game 7, you know, both teams getting chances to win it. The, the one that even now makes me nervous to watch is, you know, Bruce Driver for the Devils, who ended up playing for the Rangers years later. He's coming in with some momentum toward the net, and, you know, he, he's he's already pretty close, and he's he's got more space to move in even closer, and he lets it fly, and Richter makes the save, and there's this wild scramble in front of the net, and everybody's trying to get to the puck, and, you know, they eventually knock it away into the corner there, but, you know, just, just pulse-pounding minutes, even watching this now. Uh, you get nervous watching it. But yeah, what what else can you say? It's one of the absolute best playoff series in Stanley Cup playoff history. There's no other way to look at it. Just extraordinarily competitive and obviously, you know, just a, a thrilling ending there. Befitting of any, you know, sports movie or, or whatever else. Just storybook stuff. Rangers going to the finals on a double overtime victory. The goal being scored, of course, by Stefan Matteau. And then that brings us to number one. And what else could it be, really? I mean, you know, there was some consideration, I'll admit. I gave some consideration to Rangers-Devils, but it had to be this. You know, it, it's the series where the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. And even if they did it in a sweep, you know, however they broke the curse is how they broke the curse. And to do it in such dramatic fashion here where the Rangers, you know, they lose game one at home in overtime. They win three in a row. We get that iconic save in game four. Mike Richter stopping Pavel Bore to keep the Rangers in the game, only down two to one in that game at that point, and the Rangers come back to win it. Just an outstanding kick save by Richter against Pavel Bore in that game. And then, you know, you go on to game five, and here's something I haven't really talked about yet. I feel like in game five, Maybe there was a little bit of arrogance among the Garden faithful, the, the Ranger fans just kind of thinking that this is a formality at this point. Yeah, we lost game one, but we've taken complete control of this series. We've beaten them three in a row. We're at home now. This is meant to be. We're just we're just going to beat them. And, you know, we've talked about this as well, but I think the farther you get into the playoffs, the harder it is to get rid of a team. When, when you've got three wins against a team, it becomes harder and harder to knock them out, to deliver that knockout punch. And, you know, 
Brian Leach even said something like that, that Mark Messier had come up to him and said, that fourth win in the Stanley Cup Finals, that'll be the toughest win that you ever have to get in your life. And indeed it was, because the, the Canucks basically just took it to the Rangers in Game 5. You know, they go up 3 to nothing. the Rangers tied at 3, but then the Canucks go on to win 6-3. to three. It goes back to Vancouver for Game 6. The Canucks basically dominate that one as well, and they win 4-1. to one. And then, you know, Game 7, what else is there to say? I've talked about this game at such great lengths on this podcast, but, you know, the Rangers, the, the Stars were out in Game 7. They get goals from Leach, Graves, Messier, and they get an outstanding goalie performance by Mike Richter. They hang on for the 3-2 to two win. The greatest Ranger playoff series of the 26 years, it had to be this. It had to be the one where they, they complete their run and they lift the Stanley Cup. Uh, just tremendous stuff. And, you know, again, guys, I, I really hope uh, that you've enjoyed this countdown, this three-parter here. It's a lot of fun to kind of reminisce about all these playoff wins, whether it's the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup or an obscure win against the Quebec Nordique in 1995. It's still a lot of fun. There, there's no such thing as uh, a bad playoff series win. You know, they're all fun. They're all unique. And it's been just a joy to share this with you guys and, you know, just kind of go through all these Ranger playoff wins together and just kind of make us all a little bit more hungry to see this current crop of Rangers back in the playoffs. And obviously, there's a lot going on in the world right now. We'll keep our fingers crossed that the NHL can restart the season and that the Rangers can complete their run to the playoffs. Obviously, there are a lot of options on the table for the NHL, as Commissioner Bettman mentioned yesterday. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the next playoff Ranger win. And when that happens, you guys got to remind me, the next time the Rangers win a playoff series, I will rank it into this list. I'll, I'll put it somewhere between 1 and 19. I don't think it's going to be number 1 or number 2. But other than that, hey, everything's on the table. We'll see where the Rangers, uh, where, where their next playoff series win ends up ranking. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you for tuning in. And if you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.